Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. You know, it's like I'm podcasting nothing at all. I'm Chris, that's Dan. Happy Monday to you, Dan. Well, happy Monday to you, too. Perhaps the final Monday we do a Stupid Sexy Podcast. Perhaps this next episode will, would be airing on a Thursday, and the one after that would be airing on a Sunday. We're, we're discussing it, but we do record this before Monday, so... My new work schedule hasn't kicked in at the time of this recording. Trying to throw our, pull our spot here, so just keep an eye out on social media, and perhaps the next episode will have the definite announcement if it actually pops up on Thursday. Just uh, just keep your eyes open for that, guys. Okie day, okie day. We'll we'll leave it ambiguous. Uh, Dan, what are we going to review? This episode of The Simpsons first aired on October fifteenth. 1992 that would be my cousin's 10th birthday nice there's a string of us um september 15th october 15th and then i'm december 15th (laughs) i should have been born november 15th i could have been part of that nope 17th missed it by two days i missed the string yeah i know you with your basic bitch parents having sex on valentine's day uh no no that is not what happened I was five weeks early. I was supposed to be born way closer to you. Okay, so I was five weeks early. I was supposed to be born at the end of January, which meant that my basic bitch parents had sex on my mom's birthday. Wow. I really hope our parents aren't listening to these shows right now. Sorry, guys. Are we that sorry? We're really not that sorry. I mean, we ain't got much, baby, but I got this. So you weren't even supposed to be born in 82. No, I was supposed to be born like, at the end of January. You were like, screw this, I'm here now. You it's, were... it's a thing, because like, a couple of days before, my mom walked to the Dunkin' Donuts and ate an entire dozen donuts herself. <laughs> and she's like, that's weird. And then a few days later, I popped out. Because <laughs> literally her body was telling her she needed to carbo load for this shit. Anyway. Well, I know what I'm doing when we're done recording this episode. <laughs> Season 4, episode 4. <laughs> Lisa the Beauty Queen. Yeah, I'm going to really get my Beauty Queen body on when I eat a dozen donuts by myself. All right. <laughs> so, Lisa-centric episodes are generally more heavy topic episodes. Yes? Because she's yeah. the, the smarter character. She's the, the struggle character, etc. This is not a bad episode, but it's not... I like not... this one because this isn't one where she becomes a total bitch half the episode. No, that's true. But it's also not a very fun episode because it does deal with a serious topic. The topic of girls and self-image. Which, like, yes, yeah, she's eight years old, but stuff like that's already being imprinted into their heads. So this is a good tackle message. Plus, let's be honest here. Every father sees their daughter as beautiful, whether or not they actually are. And that's a very sweet thing, but that's also a good fatherly message, too. I mean, would you disagree with that at all? If you had a daughter, Dan, you would she would probably be the apple of your eye. I mean, I, I, know, so. I know I would feel that way. You know what? I don't have kids, neither do you, but... Let's put this in something that we can relate to. My cats are the cutest cats in the world. Are they actually the cutest cats in the world? 
No. But in my world, they are. And I will fight people on that, you know? So just imagine how much more intensified that feeling would be with having a kid. Like, I, I totally, I, I understand it. I get it. So Lisa is going to be enlisted in a beauty pageant against her will, but still going to happen. We do have a, a very interesting guest voice on this episode here. Is uh, they bring in an extremely legendary comedian, Bob Hope. So we'll talk about him when we get to him. But it's and, kind of... and there's some interesting stuff about that. Yes. Well, we will talk about that. But first, the chalkboard gag. I will not prescribe medication. Well, goddamn, I really... That probably... Who was, who was cashing those in <laughs> at CVS? Holy shit. I mean, okay, I'm just going to say that Bart probably deserves the uh, <laughs> to be sidelined in detention for that one. And uh, this is a good classic couch gag here. As the family runs in, they slide past the couch and literally run off the film. Yeah. That's a good classic cartoon trope, too. And I will, I've said this before on other podcasts, maybe even this episode or this show, but like my favorite trope in cartoon history about breaking the fourth wall on a cartoon is Looney Tunes Duck Amuck, which might actually be my favorite Looney Tune cartoon of all time. Where he, like, yells at the animator. The animator messes with him the whole time, and then it, the big reveal is that it's Bugs. Uh, that is such a great... I mean, it could be, like, uh, what's-his-face? The guy that did the Superman cartoons way back in the day. Oh, yeah, like his the 60s Superman A lot of his cartoons are literally, like, his... Him drawing his hand-drawing things. Yeah. <laughs> For a lot of his cartoons. But I mean, so, sometimes that stuff is really funny and really entertaining, and this is no exception. This is a good early catch gag. It's simple, but it's a cartoon trope, and it works. And of course, obviously, done very well in um, uh, Holy Grail, when yep. the oh legendary Black Beast dies because the, the animator had a heart I also love that they they ran out of budget for the movie, so they were trying to figure out how to make it end. So they're like, "Well, screw it. We'll just have them all get arrested." Feel like they're not if they're not actually in olden times. They're just crazy people. They're just crazy people. Yep. Oh, God, I love that. So they're throwing a carnival on the school grounds, and it's which is like, wait, is this Scotch Toberfest? No, it's not. No, it's not Scotch Toberfest. But it's the happiest. It it begins, yes, with people approaching Principal Skinner because you can't call this the happiest place on earth. Yep, they're Disneyland lawyers, and Skinner acts as an as an ex green beret and takes out two of them, and even scares the last one off. <laughs> they run away. <laughs> the best is he just he just adjusts his tie at the end. And he's like, and he's like, case dismissed. Like, oh, it's so funny. That's the thing, right? It's like Skinner's kind of a hard ass, but because of his background, you can see why. Because he was a POW in, in Vietnam. So can you kind of really... When they left me in that cage for eight years. Oh, oh so, man. So great. So, so we're just having a... Gen this is general carnival... Where 
The money made goes to the school. Yeah. Nelson gets bored with the water gun, so he squirts it at Martin. Just Martin with it. Bart is doing uh, a three-card Monty that was not approved. Because, <laughs> of course, he's doing a grift. No one is buying Willie's Haggis for 50 cents. And the guy tries to guess Homer's age and weight, and it turns out he's 36 and 239, which is very depressing when I hear those numbers together. Buddy, I'd be happy if I weighed that much yeah. at that age. I am 36, and I, at one point, was probably that. That might have been the heaviest I've ever been. I'm not that heavy anymore, thankfully, but fuck. That's close to my goal weight. Yeah. Ah, you can do it. I've seen some great weight losses online and people who I never a, would have expected it from. I have the body structure that I would probably am always going to be a heavyweight, but but you can still drop. Yeah, if my buddy Andy could do it and Brad DeMeo could do it, you can do it. I, I lost forty pounds going to college, <clears throat> where everyone else go. was gaining fifteen pounds. You lost the weight. Also, uh. Otto flees to Mexico when Bart challenges him to make the ride go faster, and one of the rockets shoots off and crashes into the school. And I'm going to go Mexico into this all blows over. Oh, and Jimbo's doing a spook house, and it's just the, the school shed in the back, and they're beating up kids as they go in. And Bart's like, was it scary? Was. He's, he's oh, yeah. like, it was terrifying. And then when Bart goes in, you just hear him go, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, they've got the caricature guy drawing Lisa. Hey, hey like... so what do you like? Do you like uh, roller, roller skates? Yeah. No? <laughs> Everybody loves rollerblading. And, of course, it's a caricature artist, so the caricatures are ugly, because that's how caricatures work. But Lisa has just a horrible, horrible... Her chasing a boy on her roller skates. Yeah, and... She's like, I'm ugly! She yeah, so... runs away crying. So good job. And of course, it's the sarcastic guy. Hey, who likes rollerblades? Of course, the uh, they are giving away a raffle prize, which is a ticket to ride the Duff Blimp. And Homer's hey. got the daydream where he's... They're like, hey, that's agriculture. Oh, interesting. Yeah, let's see what's happening at the Super Bowl. And they've got the guy flipping the Homer sign. The one guy messes up. Whoops. Everyone's cheering Homer. And they have the big... The, his picture with the many signs. So. But first, they give out the runner-up prize, which is a shoe buffer, and Flanders wins it. And of course, and Homer, of course, Homer's like, "Oh man!" He's like, "We already have a shoe buffer." Yeah, but I want that I want one. That one. Yeah, because because <laughs> he wants the he wants the one that the other guy had. But he wins the blimp ride, and he's all excited about it. Meanwhile, Lisa's crying. Homer tries to conf- to comfort her, and it just doesn't work. But not like in a malicious way either. He's you know, oh, you're cute as a button. Oh, you have to say that. No, you are. And, he, and then he realizes that there's going to be a beauty pageant. So he decides to enter Lisa in. Sponsored I, love of... I love the, the thing about it because it's like we're doing the project. And here's a spokesman from Laramie Cigarettes. Well, we're not allowed to advertise anymore, but we can run children's beauty <laughs> i know it's the worst loophole ever so basically we can run a three-hour television special where our brand is in every second of it ah uh, 
Great loophole. <laughs> I also love when they're like, our host is going to be Krusty the Clown, and it's clearly like a stock thing that he had recorded for something else. Yes. I endorse this funny. event. Yes, because later he's like, so what is this? <laughs> yeah. What is this, some Republican thing? <laughs> like he doesn't even know what he's there for. Oh, that always, that stuff always makes me laugh, yeah. He thinks it's a Republican fundraiser when he shows up. But Homer manages to enter Lisa with the $250 application by selling the ticket for the blimp ride to Barney. How'd you get the money? Barney's now a human guinea pig. He's got the wire still attached to the back of his head. So when he presents the idea to Lisa, of course she rejects it because she's sensitive about her looks and she freaks out on him. Marge tells her he gave up his ticket on the Duff Blimp to do this for you. And thankfully she turns around on that. But but I also like that moment too because Marge is like, we're not going to make you do this, but hey, I just want you to know how your father got the money for the application. And that actually turns Lisa around. <clears throat> so it's time to get set up, and in walks Amber Dempsey. Now, Amber's voice... I hear she gets her eyelash implants from Paraguay. Yeah. I thought those were illegal. Not there. So, the voice of Amber Dempsey is Lona Williams. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I'm not really that familiar with this name. Well, her only actress credits were as Amber Dempsey... She also did perform in some other voices, like as, as a quick little voiceover. Uh, she was Deborah Jo Smallwood in Streetcar Named Marge, and uh, Trung Van Deen in Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. This is actually her last Simpsons credit. So essentially, <laughs> she was a writer's assistant. Basically, yeah. And, and she, eventually, every once in a while, they're just like, well, we need someone to do this. And they're like, well, let Lona do it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. But of the stuff that she did write and performed additional dialogue for does include The Drew Carey Show, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Shark Tale, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, which is just a funny title for something. And she did do additional crew work and worked a lot with Al Jean and Mike Reese. Basically, she was the assistant, so that's how she just quickly jumped in. She was also an assistant on Roseanne. So I just thought that was interesting to see who that was because it wasn't a, one of the regular voice actors. So I was like, who is yeah, this? Was like, so originally she, all she did was some typing and then uh, she was typing so much she was learning how to scripts work. So she started writing scripts in her spare time. And, well? And she got a few made. <clears throat> Good for her. So... Uh, Lisa's getting her hair checked out at Turn Your Head and Coif, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> and they go through all the hairstyle treatments. One of them is Princess Leia's buns. One of them is Marge. But they settle on one that's basically just her hair is kind of curly. Yeah, just a little, little wave at the end of each peak. It actually looked pretty cool. I, I actually kind of liked it. Yeah, I, I did too. So Homer's like, all right, boy. I need you to fuss over your, your sister's looks. Well, but she'll see right through that. Oh, come on. Women are, love compliments. If you shower with them enough, 
They'll do stuff in return. Like what? I'll tell you when you're older. And of course, it's not what you think it is. It's Marge mowing the lawn while he's in a hammock. (laughs) So this is a thing I know. And whenever I know that my mother or grandmother are getting their hair done or something like that, I make a point to, as soon as I see them, put it over. Mm Mm-hmm. I have gotten in the doghouse for not noticing. That has happened. So you got to know. See, you got to think is you got to be so into your daily routine that they tell you anything that changes. Yes. Uh, So they say, oh, when you wake up, I won't be here because I'm getting my hair cut. So then you know that they're getting their hair cut. So when they come back home, you know. That's cheating. To say something about their haircut. Yes, well, there have been times when I have not noticed. <sighs> but but the advice works, and they're going to get special dinners. What else do you know about women? No, that nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, was all, that was all of Homer's Homer's advice there. And you know then what? The... It, it, it actually, it does, it does wonders, I'll tell you what. Yeah, Bart uses it on the lady at the ice cream parlor and gets a giant sundae as a result. All he has is little cup, and he's eating <laughs> it so long later. And she's like, oh. Yeah, she insults him, too. She's like, Brushhead, you've been nursing that thing for an hour. And he's like, it must be so hard to stay so trim and look so good with your role. Oh, aren't you sweet? And then just jumps this giant sundae in front of him. Oh, that is so goddamn funny. The best part is Bart's teaching Lisa how to do her acceptance and then how to walk in heels. Yeah, because like that's the thing. Right? Was, Bart was totally the the boy that dressed as a girl on Halloween every year. You had that. You have that one kid. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had that one kid. We he had the. A, uh, he was always a girl. We had the kid. He won. The Halloween, co- we had a school dance that was Halloween themed, right? Yeah. And if you wore a costume, you can enter a costume contest. And the kid who won dressed like a bride. He basically, he just showed up in a wedding dress and he won. And that's the thing, right? Is like, people will go so intricate with their costumes and detail it and like hand make shit. And all this guy did was he had access to a wedding dress that he fit in and showed up in it. And he won the goddamn contest. He's like, he's wearing his sister's dress. Yep. And his sister's pumps and he wins. And he wins. There you go. Well, I almost won a Halloween costume contest as Homer Simpson, but there was a three-year-old kid dressed like John Cena and he climbed up on the ropes and then he won. But, it is what it is. So at the ye old off ramp inn, which is now rat free, <laughs> we have the beauty contest, and of course uh, they're revealing all the girls, and one of them is Sanjay's daughter. Napu and Sanjay are clapping. They're like, "Well, who's watching the quickie mart?" <laughs> and you see the the bullies are stealing the squishy machine right out the door. I also love that Homer is trying to help Lisa out with the petroleum jelly on her teeth, and he ends up eating it, which is so disgusting. He ends up eating the entire jar. <laughs> and Sanjay's daughter performs MacArthur Park. <laughs> oh, yeah, on her on her special... Uh, yeah, every, everybody laughs. No, I'm serious. And then they're like, man, that went forever. Lisa just sings a jazzed-up song. It's 
she she combines God bless America into uh, working for th- working all night and does a dance. But it doesn't matter because Amber Wright says the Bill of Rights is a good thing and she wins because of course she does. But Lisa's the runner up, which means that if something happens and she can't perform her duties, Lisa gets to do it. Well, well. <laughs> so as they're watching this presentation, you know, where wasting food is a new national thing, and Barney actually crashes the Duff blimp like the Hindenburg. As Amber Dempsey unveils brand new spike strips for a for a, a, this uh, I don't even remember what it was, it's like a tire shop or something. She gets struck by lightning on TV, and it's funny how they do it. Because it's like, boy, hope that dress doesn't get wet. No, the real danger is the scepter being made of metal. No, it's probably plastic. And then you hear the lightning strike and everybody's jaws drop except for Bart who just goes, nope, it's metal. (laughs) She's been struck by lightning. So they do the Lyndon Johnson swear in where it's like on the spur of the moment. Like, doctor, is she going to be okay? Oh, yeah, she's recuperating fine. In fact, she's already won the Miss Intensive Care pageant. And then Krusty does the thing where he presents the melted scepter and is teasing Lisa with it, and then he gets struck by lightning. I deserve that. So I love all the half-assed shit that they do for Lisa. First, they stick her head on the mannequin body of Dr. Ruth, where the head is now being used in a chamber of horrors, along with Mr. T and Ronald Reagan. (laughs) I love how they come up with shit like this. Wait. Uh, It's Ronald Reagan. So, Lisa, of course, is being admired by all the school kids, including Ralph Wiggum. And she's there to see off the deported immigrants. I remember she she thinks that they just just came in. And he's like, welcome to the land of opportunity. Um, they're being deported. Yep. Oh. And they do... Um... They do the joke where she's going to sing the national anthem at the college football game, but she. <laughs> you know, college football is a money suck is a reason why your school doesn't have much for your sciences. And then the nerds are like, what? Yep. <laughs> and the That's... nerds start chasing down the football players and the football players are, are, are freak out and run away. <laughs> yeah. Well, all of her mind gets changed over the, over the float here. Cause, uh, but I, I love the USO show thing with Bob. So the, the cameo is that Lisa's going to appear at a USO show, even though there's no war to be fought at this time. But Bob Hope is just there because every USO show Bob Hope performed, right? It's a Bob Hope special, yes. Yeah. What's the mayor's name? Quimby. Beautiful. So he's out there doing his routine, and when he when he announces Little Miss Springfield... The military people revolt because they wanted Miss Springfield. So they take her off in a helicopter, and then Bob Hope's like, hey, drop me off at that boat show. Nice quick little cameo by Bob Hope on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Trivia coming soon. Yes. So, so when Lisa reveals that, of course, she has to ride on the Laramie cigarette float in the parade, she freaks out, stops the parade... When she sees all the kids have cigarettes, causing Santa to crash into her, and then gives a speech about ta- about being a better Miss Springfield and doing better for the town. The only other note there is that Homer saluting the ice cream men with a tear in his eye, which is hysterical. 
But Homer, those are the ice cream men. I know. I know. So she does the speech at the college football game. She does all these speeches and everything. And, and the, the pageant people are like, holy crap, we have to do something about Lisa Simpson. But our fat ass police chief of police won't get off and do anything. And he's sitting there trying to open up a bag of barbecue potato chips. And they finally get it on a technicality. Because they pull out the uh, the pageant application and reveal that it's null and void. Because when Homer filled it out where it said, do not write under this line, he wrote, okay. <laughs> He's so like, she is ousted as yep. Little Miss Springfield. And as they bring up the footage, it's a baby coat. Drink it from a bottle. And like, you know what? I can't work like this. Just call the weekend guy because I don't care. But it doesn't matter because, as Lisa says to Homer, the whole reason you entered me in that, do you remember why? Was I drunk? Yeah, probably. But, you know, you wanted me to feel better about myself, and I do. So it ends on a very heartwarming message. Oh, he says, yes, and remember that the next time I wreck your life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Lisa the Beauty Queen. What do you think, Dan? It was a better Lisa episode because before, like, we have, like, there's been four or five of these, and most of them is she makes a turn and she just becomes insufferable for half the episode. Right. Before she comes full with her new outlook on life. This one was just, it was good. She wasn't insufferable. It was family trying to help family feel better about themselves. This is a this is an uh, this is a strength of the Simpsons writing is like there and also some... there's a do the right thing at the end there right right it, it's a strength of there there's good comedy in it but it tells a really good message and it it works because they can't use their moose mascot anymore oh yeah we're gonna retire him the lenthal moose or whatever all right here is some trivia. This episode has been used in England by the, I'm going to mispronounce this, Anglican? Anglican? It's a church. Anglican. Anglican. They use it to teach kids lesson in self-esteem as well as pointing out Homer's sale of the Duff Beer ticket, making a sacrifice on his part of Lisa's self-worth was more valuable than the pleasure. So there you go. (laughs) According to Jeff Martin, I'm not sure if we could do this episode today. People had a more innocent view of child beauty pageants before John Benet Ramsey. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. Lisa swearing in is identical to Linda Johnson taking the oath of office the day Kennedy was assassinated, November 22nd, 1963. In fact,. Marge is dressed in the Jacqueline Kennedy dress, if you're... Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so we mentioned Dr. Ruth, Mr. T, and Ronald Reagan. This episode featured then 89-year-old Bob Hope as a guest star with his part recorded at his house by Jeff Martin and Conan O'Brien. He is, however, portrayed as his younger Vietnam War-era self. Do you have more trivia on Bob Hope, Dan? No, I'm just said it was Jeff Martin and Conan Bryan went to Bob's house. Just to do, to it. do yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. Because remember, season four is Conan O'Brien's the writer. 
we get some really classic episodes, including that monorail song you may have heard of. Mm. Which, by the way... I think it's more of a Shelbyville idea. Our friend, friend of the show, Jeff Trelowitz, has requested to guest on that episode. He was like, Marge versus the monorail, I want in. Pfft, okay. I mean, great episode. So we will be seeing him on we get to that one. <clears throat> Menthol Moose is, of course, a parody of Joe Camel. Mm-hmm. At the time the episode was made, the company was accused of using the mascot to subtly market cigarettes to children. That is a thing that was actually a big issue. Did you notice when that when the mandate went down that you couldn't they couldn't advertise like at all anymore? Oh, I actually have some other uh, hairstyle trivia here because I mentioned Marge and Princess Leia, but they also did Grace Jones. And Bo Derek, which is pretty funny. Did you also notice the other caricatures that the artist had done? Darth Vader, Farrah Fawcett, and the Fonz. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Krusty references the beauty pageant winner who was forced to advocate her crown after photographs were discovered of her. That's a reference to the controversy Vanessa of Vanessa Williams. Williams. Yep. Penthouse magazine. Yeah, she had she had done a penthouse spread many years before, and it never came out. And then she won. She and they say, published without her so permission. They published, they published them right away. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, this is a like we said, good episode. Not as funny as other episodes, but still very important. Uh. Just because we're talking about Bob Hope here, I think it's crazy that he lived to be 100 years old because he was born in 1903 and died in 2003. In fact, he had actually just turned 100 only two months before his passing. Do you know what Bob Hope's top four credits are on IMDb, Dan? Are you curious? They are, they are The Ghost Breakers, The Cat and the Canary, Born to Bali, and the Muppet movie. And after his appearance on The Simpsons, Bob Hope had one other acting credit before he passed away, and that was on The Little Monster as an uncredited cameo. So basically, Bob Hope retired with The Simpsons. I think that was just one of those deals where, like, we want to get Bob Hope. We're getting Bob Hope. So there you have it. All right, that was Lisa the Beauty Queen. Our next episode, Treehouse of Horror 3. The answer to the trivia question, what is Chris's all-time number one favorite episode of The Simpsons? Yes, it is a Treehouse of Horror. I know some people accuse that of being a cheating thing, but... This is above and beyond my favorite episode of The Simpsons. It has, again, one of my favorite moments in The Simpsons ever. Yep. It has a couple of my favorite moments in The Simpsons ever. Very fast-paced, very cleverly done. Uh, a lot of jokes hit home for me. I'm looking very forward to discussing that one on our next episode. It has episode. something to do with someone looking to eat brains? And <laughs> <to> eat <laughs> one of my favorite jokes ever. 
<laughs> someone apparently doesn't have brains that are worth eating. There's another zombie joke right after that. That's my one of my favorite jokes ever, which involves a shotgun. Oh, I can't. That is Itchy and Scratchy, the movie. Yes, Itchy and Scratchy, the movie, will be what we talk about. Another very important episode. But that will be then, and this is now. This is going to wrap up another episode of the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Check out all the great shows on CKCC Radio. Subscribe to us. Do the patron thing. All that other fun stuff. We love you guys for it. But that wraps this episode. We will see you next time on another Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all.